Today our topic's going to be blessed to be a blessing, and God truly blesses a lot. And before I jump into the sermon, I want to share some um, directional things coming up as far as um, upcoming sermon series. We are finishing the God is Hiring um, series today. Next week, we actually start three series simultaneously um, on Saturday evenings. In fact, they're in your bulletin as far as if you want to just you know, get a glimpse and take that with you. But on Saturday evenings, we're going to be focusing on a, living a great life now, you know, how Jesus calls us to have a great life even now as we make this journey to heaven. And I'll be leading that series on Sunday mornings. Um, Pastor Allen is going to be leading a series that I'll be participating from time to time called Jesus Up Close focusing on um, the pericopes for that this time of year, but also kind of taking a deeper look into the life of, of who Jesus is. And then on the Mountain View campus on Sunday mornings, there's going to be a series called The Case for Faith that Pastor Jeremy's going to be leading, and I'll at times be involved with him over there. And it's kind of answering the tough questions for, for life as far as just faith-based questions. And, um, and then on when Lent hits, as far as the Wednesday services, um, there's going to be another series there um, focusing on um, knowing Jesus and focusing the I am statements of Jesus. So theoretically, if you wanted to, when Lent hits, you can hear four different sermons in, in one week if you want to bounce around. But it's, um, we're just giving you a lot of opportunities. I call it a smorgasbord of sermon options coming up over the next um, couple months. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you um, truly bless us in so many ways, and so often we take these blessings for granted. And you bless us to have a great life, but you also bless us to be a blessing to others, and, and you call upon us to, to be involved in your kingdom work. And, and this series has been about that, Lord, and I pray that we accept that challenge to, to work for you in deeper ways, um, even long after this series is over. And we praise in your name. Amen. So as I mentioned, we are finishing up the series, God is Hiring, Are You Ready to Work for Him? And it's, it's been a series that I think can be characterized as challenging, because we're talking about discipleship. And discipleship is it's hard work. And the first week we talked about, why should I work for God? Why should I serve Him? And, and the bottom line is, we talked about is that through God's work of creation, we're here because of His work. He created us and give, has given us all the blessings that we have. And through the work of Jesus, through his um, life, death, and resurrection, we have forgiveness of sins. We have eternal life. That because of God's work, we have a future that's incredible. And so the reason we should be working for God is in thanks and appreciation for who he is and what he's done for us. We're not saved by our works. We're saved by God's work. But our work is in response to God's amazing love for us. The second week, we took a look at job descriptions. A lot of you took a spiritual gift survey. And because all of us have various options, we have various spiritual gifts and different um, kind of com components as far as how they're arranged in our lives, we're all unique. And when all these different um, parts come together, we're each like a piece of a puzzle. It's amazing what happens. Um, an image is formed. The church is called the body of Christ. And as we connect and use our spiritual gifts to serve God, what the church does is reflect Jesus to one another and Jesus to the world. And we saw also in that series, in that sermon, that we don't belong to ourselves. We belong to God and we belong to each other. And the more that we use our gifts to serve God and one another, we're all blessed. Everybody wins. Um, week three, we talked about employee manual. 
Um, every business um, that's successful has a manual. God has given us the manual for life and for eternity. We have almost 300 people that are committed to going through the Bible over the course of the next year. And if more of you want to join as part of that, um, we have what's called Life Journal still available for you to purchase. We're selling for $5. And, and the more that we're in the Word of God, the more the Holy Spirit's going to work to lead us and guide us to, to become disciples and to live lives that truly are going to have a lot more meaning and purpose. And then we talked about compensation package, that through Jesus Christ and what he's done for us, we have a retirement package which is worth more than all the wealth of this world combined. We think of what that truly means. It should inspire us to want to let everybody around us know about this incredible gift in Jesus Christ. I mean, so often we get lost in the things of this world, but yet what God offers is something which is so incredible. And God puts people in our lives every day to share this truth with. And last week we talked about performance measures. Every company that's successful, every church has a vision. Okay, what is a vision for the future, that ideal vision? And Jesus gives us a clear vision of what he wants in the prayer he gave us, the Lord's Prayer. A prayer that so often we, we've probably said it hundreds or thousands of times, and, and sometimes we don't think about the words, but if you really think about the words of the Lord's Prayer, it gives us the vision of what Jesus wants for our lives, but also what he wants for his church. And so to keep asking, how are we doing and, and being the answers to that prayer that, that Jesus has given to us? And today the focus is blessed to be a blessing. Now we truly are blessed. And we're going to see, we saw in the, in the parable, I'm going to talk about it a little bit, that um, God wants us to take the resources he's given to us and use them in the right way. And an example of this is we think about Jesus. As he walked on this planet, his earthly ministry really focused on three years. Don't know a lot about what happened from the time he was 12 till he was 30. He grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and people. But his earthly ministry began at age 30. Why? Why do you wait till he was 30? The answer is because he is a prophet, priest, and king. And back in that time, you couldn't become a priest till what age? 30. And so you think about that three-year period and how he changed the entire world, how he has changed our lives. Powerful stuff, what he's done. And he gives us an example of how this should be carried out. You know, he spent a lot of time, you know, know, sometimes preaching to larger groups, but most of his time, he focused on how many? Twelve. He had twelve guys that he chose. He spent 24-7 with them for three years. And then, before he ascended, he says, okay, you guys, I want you to go and make more disciples. Because the bottom line is this. The only people that can make disciples are who? Disciples. And Jesus has a high calling for we as his believers. He's calling us to discipleship. And so he says, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And that's 11 people he's talking to because Judas had betrayed him. And those 11 went out and they changed the then known world. Starting churches all over the place. Eleven people. There's way more than eleven in this room right now. Imagine what's going to happen as we let God's power, his spirit, work through us even more. That God can use us to change the world. It's so humbling to think that he chose people like us to do his bidding. You know, Jesus could have just kind of said, okay, you're all going to believe, you're all going to be disciples, boom. That's not how he did it, is it? He's chosen to use us to be in this process. 
of disciple-making, of, of being the ones that, that share this faith with others, to be involved directly in this story. And that's really humbling, and what an opportunity for us to share in that. But we see how those 12, or 11, plus eventually Matthias and Paul, they changed the world, and Christianity over 2,000 years has grown to over 2 billion believers. The most successful thing in history is when you look at the number of people involved and how it's spread. But there's still 5.5 billion people in the world that don't believe. And God is concerned about them. And God wants us to do something about that. And that kind of ties into um, the focus of today, blessed to be a blessing. I want to share with you a scripture section from Matthew chapter 6. It says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, and, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is a very powerful section of Scripture. God loves us. And Jesus gives us these words because he wants us to have a great life. And what he's saying is this. If you base your treasure, if your heart is focused on the things in this world, you're going to be disappointed. Okay? If your focus is on money, if your focus is on houses or cars or things, those things are going to break down. They're temporary, okay? They're temporary. And your life is going to be a roller coaster based upon how well things are going with those attachments, those things that, that you claim to be so important to you. But, but if you base what's most important, if your treasure is this faith I've given to you, you're going to find solid ground. You're going to find something that has eternal significance. And your life is going to be a lot more blessed. And I'm going to use you to do things that are going to go beyond what you can possibly imagine. That's the promise that Jesus gives to us. This leads into, I want to talk about this parable that Pastor Allen rightly described as very challenging. A challenging parable. And I believe that, you know, sometimes love has to be tough, okay? And I think a lot of times in Scripture I see tough love from Jesus to us because he loves us too much to, to let us just settle for just mediocrity in this life. And so he talks about a guy, a master, who takes money, okay? He calls them, they're called talents, but it's money, amounts of money. He gives five talents to one guy. And that guy takes the talents and he invests it, uses it, and he gets how many more? Five more, right? And he comes back to the master and says, Master, um, you gave me five. I've gained five more. Here's, here's ten total. What does the master say? Great job. Awesome. Come and share in my happiness. One guy has two. Goes out the same thing. Multiplies it. Two more. Goes to the master and says, Master, I've, I have two more. And, and again, the master's all excited and saying, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in a few things. I will put you in charge of many more things. Come and share your master's what? Happiness. I want to stop there for a second. You see what Jesus is saying to us? If we take our lives and the resource that God has given to us and we use it in ways that multiplies his kingdom work, not the worldly work, the kingdom work, we're going to be what? We're going to find happiness. We're going to find joy. The one guy that had the one, he takes the one he has, and what does he do? Buries it. 
And he goes to the master and says, hey, I, I took it and I buried it. Here it is. Give it back to you. How's the master respond to that one? He's mad. He's angry. You wicked servant. He takes the one from him and gives it to the guy that has now the 10, so the guy that has 11. And he kind of deals rather harshly with that guy, doesn't he? So the point is this. You, you want to make God ticked off? You want to make God angry? What makes him angry is when we, when we take what we have been given by him and, and squander it and don't use it for his purposes at all. Okay? We bury it. And sometimes we're all guilty of that. And one thing I want to make perfectly clear. If, you, if we believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, if you believe he lived, died, and rose, you're going to go to heaven. I want to make that perfectly clear. But what I see here in this parable is a higher calling. Okay? He's saying, in response to what I've done for you, I want you to take some steps to grow in your faith even more. I'm calling you to discipleship. I'm calling you into my kingdom's work because in the end, what matters is salvation. What matters is the souls of people getting to heaven. I want to go back to the uh, Matthew 6 for a second. In so far as, what are treasures in heaven? In fact, in the, in the um, 1 Timothy 6 section, it talks about, to, you know, even there, very similar. To take your worldly wealth and use it for eternal purposes, to find the life that is truly life. What does that mean? Because the bottom line is, what's going to leave this planet? What's going to go to heaven? Stuff? No. Nothing material is going to leave this planet. The only thing that leaves this planet are the souls of people. i got to be honest with you. Jesus could care less, less about stuff. He cares about people. But yeah, let's look around the world. And a lot of people don't really care a whole lot about people. You know, some people like their dogs or their cats more than other people. They like their stuff more than other people. Okay? Jesus cares about people. And someday, through faith in Jesus, we're going to be in heaven. Okay? We're going to be in heaven, right? What are the treasures we're going to see? And I believe the treasures we're going to see are the souls of other people and ones that maybe God used you to help get there. That someday you're in heaven and somebody walks up to you, however, they, you know, however it is in heaven, and says, you know what? Thanks for helping me to get here. And maybe it was a waitress at the, the restaurant that you frequent that you showed a lot of love and compassion to, maybe even asked at times, can I say a prayer for you, or something like that. Or, or maybe it's, it's a neighbor that you reached out to and showed the love of Christ to them. Or maybe your kids one day down the road, hopefully a long time down the road if we're up there, and grandkids and great-grandkids and, and generations to come, that they get there, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm here because God worked through you to share his love. That's the ultimate, the ultimate Treasure in heaven. You know, I shared with you a story not too long ago about a Sunday school teacher who went to a store to talk to one of his rowdy kids in the Sunday school class, and that young man gave his life to Christ in that store when, he, when the Sunday school teacher shared with him. His name was Dwight Moody. And Dwight Moody was used by God to lead thousands and thousands of people to faith, but then he also shared with other people and down and different, you know, as the sharing went from person to person, eventually the sharing um, went to a, a guy named who? Billy Graham. One conversation at a store led to billions of people being touched with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The point being this, your next conversation 
And sharing the love of Christ may change the world. And that's the beauty of this faith that we have and the power of the Holy Spirit working through simple people like us to make an eternity of difference. And what a privilege to be part of that process. And God's inviting us in. You know, we can play it safe and go through life and, you know, say, I believe, I got what I want, I'm going to hang on to it. You go to heaven someday by believing in Jesus, but I believe, that, and his word makes it clear, that we have a higher calling to get more involved in this process as we live out our days on, on this planet. You know, years ago I um, worked at a bank, and um, I took a year off of seminary. I was kind of trying to find my way, but God kind of redirected my, my course after that year and went back to, to seminary. But at this bank, I was a bank teller. And there was a couple of people that um, I talked to a lot, and I find out they're both the, like the two wealthiest clients in the bank that come in almost every day, and they always came to my, my teller booth. And one guy, um, very extremely wealthy man, and he um, never talked about faith to me, just, he just, I wasn't sure if he was a believer at all. I tried to bring up a conversation about that, but he never, never went in that direction at all. And, but he just came and just, we had a really cool friendship. And, and you know, I'm making five bucks an hour. I got a, a car, didn't even reverse on it. And I started, I was parking facing uphill and to make sure it could roll out so I wouldn't get stuck in the parking lot. Um, he goes, you know, I've been around the world, you know, a couple times in the last three years. I got everything money can buy. And one day he's at my window just talking about this. He says, you know, he started crying in front of me. He goes, my, my kids just want me to die. They want me to die. They just want my wealth. They don't care about me. They just, they just want my money. And he's crying in front of me. There's another couple that came in quite often, and they, they were like teenagers just fell in love. They've been married 60 years plus. And they came in holding hands, and they come to my, my teller booth, and, and they, I didn't tell them I was a pastor. And they kept trying to witness to me for, for months. And I, I didn't tell them. I, I, I want to see how good they were doing it, you know, and it was... They were good. They were really good at sharing their faith, and I just kind of went along with it. Finally, I said, you know what? I'm a pastor. Uh, or I'm starting to be a pastor, and, and you guys are doing a really good job, by the way. This is really good how you share your faith and keep it up. And, but then they, you know, we had this most incredible conversation. They come in and talk about their church. They talk about, you know, the, the um, different buildings they were building for different ministries, about missionary activities they are supporting around the world, and they would be beaming from, from you know, just their face. It's just, just joy coming out of them. And just being around them made me feel good. They were so excited about their faith in Jesus Christ. So happy. And they, were, they knew they were blessed to be a blessing. You got this guy crying, these people filled with joy. Which way are we going in our lives with what God has given to us? I want to kind of pull it together and close it with an um, illustration of a couple of bodies of water. There's a sea in the, in the Middle East called the Dead Sea. And it's a pretty good-sized sea. It's at 1,400 feet below sea level, the lowest body of water in the world. Okay? In fact, the deepest parts are, I think, close to 1,000 feet. So that's almost like you know, over 2,000 feet below sea level um, where that, those low parts are. And the sea has salt content 10 times what the ocean is. Anybody ever take a mouthful of salt water from the ocean? How's that taste? Pretty gross, right? Imagine 10 times that salt content if you went to the Dead Sea and accidentally swallowed some of that water. That's toxic. You see, the Dead Sea, stuff goes into it. But guess what? It doesn't come out. I mean, it's evaporation of water, but the content of that sea is just toxic. It's called dead because hardly anything can live in it. 
I think a lot of people in the world, that's what their lives are like. Just take in, receive, take, 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 take. Never give away. And they become what? Toxic. Then you have the Mississippi River, the origin of which is very close to where um, my dad lives. And I've been to the, the source of the Mississippi River numerous times. It ex- extends the whole you know, length of our, our country almost. And, and this is the source of where it begins. And I've been there numerous times where those rocks are. You can walk along there. It's knee deep at the, where the river starts, right, where those rocks are. That's where it begins. And then as it flows through our country, it's picking up other you know, tributaries and rivers. And it gets bigger and bigger. And it's flowing and moving. And it's an incredible blessing to our nation. As far as recreation, you know, fishing, um, power, energy, it's just transportation. It's, just, it's, it's a blessing because it's giving and giving and it pours into the ocean ultimately. Many years ago, um, some people came from Germany. They came up that Mississippi River and there was five ships that started, four made it, and they end up about 100 miles south of St. Louis and they started a denomination called what? The Lutheran Church and Missouri Synod, using that body of water to get to where they need to get. What are we like? The Dead Sea or the Mississippi River? What is God calling us to become? And I want to encourage us in closing just to to take a moment to evaluate our lives and and to, I want to encourage you to to leave here today with some thoughts in your heart as far as how you're going to change to walk more closely with Jesus in worship, Bible study, using the resources given to you for eternal good, to be like the Mississippi River, to be like that couple that I saw on the bank, to be more like Jesus, a God who gives and gives and gives without expecting a return. Because the more that we bless others in the name of Jesus Christ, the blessings just keep multiplying and coming back. We've been blessed to be a blessing. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, um, we live in a society of entertainment, a society of so much just stuff. And, and so often we observe things, hear things, and we just move on to the next thing. I pray that right now that we think about your word and that we, we react today, that we do something with it, that we make a decision in our lives today as we leave to walk closer to you and to make a bigger difference, to open our eyes to the people you place in our lives on a daily basis, just to be a blessing, to be there to love people, to care for people. And, and Lord, as we conclude the series, you call upon us to be on a path, a path to discipleship. It's a hard path. Yes, through you we're saved, and, but Lord, you're calling us to a deeper challenge. And I pray that we evaluate that challenge, that we can all be on a deeper pathway to being disciples for you. We pray this in your name. Amen. This time the offering will be received. You please sign the registers in each of your rows during this time as well.
Friends, please join me in praying the prayer Jesus taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper. When he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The gifts of God for the people of God, we come to the Lord's table. And a reminder that the cups in the center of the trays have the white non-alcoholic wine for those with medical concerns. Bless the Lord, O my soul, O my soul, worship His holy name, sing like never before, O my soul, I'll worship your The sun comes up, it's a new day dawning, it's time to sing your song again, whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the Worship His holy name Sing like never before Oh my soul I'll worship Your holy name Your rich in love slow to anger. Your name is great and your heart is kind. For all your goodness I will keep on singing. Ten thousand reasons for my heart to find. 
invite you to stand at this time for prayer and our closing blessing. Lord God, what a wondrous gift it is you give us in this holy sacrament of holy communion that Jesus himself gives us his true body and blood in the bread and the wine for the forgiveness of our sins. Lord, help us to live this week in the joy of that salvation, recognizing that we are truly blessed to be a blessing to others. We give you the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. And friends, as you go from this place, recognize how abundantly blessed you are and that you're called to be a blessing out in the world. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you and bless you as you are a blessing to others. Amen.
Blessed be your name in a land that is plentiful, where streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name, when I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness. Blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your glorious name. Blessed. 